Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and veteran motorsports journalist Deb Williams, local action from winning car builder and owner Alan Hill, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore. And here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. I like that. That's pretty good. That, uh, that's real good. <laughs> well, um, we are getting all sorts of texts coming in to me, telling me that we aren't on, which we're aware of, and we will uh, just have, um, as, as Matt here working on it in the studio, and I think he's on it with uh, Tyler behind the scenes and, we're just going to keep going on like we have a radio show going on. Well, this studio is really cramped. And I feel like every time Matt has to go back into the back room, I have to get up for him. And I feel like we're playing Twister. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one way to put it. Y'all talk for a second. Let me catch up on some of these texts. <laughs> then we got a break coming up in about a minute. But anyway, no, it, uh, you know, Fred Smith, you know, Nick Crinkle, he won over, I think it's right at 1,100 major events, you know, and and not not even counting the ASA win. And, uh, yeah, that's Ray Smith. He he was a big name for years and years, and he was a gentleman and a nice guy. You know, I hate hate we lost. All right, well, I'll tell you what. Okay, if if we're just joining you, if we have been off the air, we think we're we're streaming again and on live on the airwaves. Well, I'm not getting too much out of my headphones here. Uh, but I'll tell you yeah. what. Let's yeah, that, take a, that's a separate issue. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a break and come back and see if we can talk to Deb Smith. Uh, Deb Smith. Deb Williams. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg.
Webb Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to death. Good morning, Deb. How are you? Good morning. Just fine, thank you. How about yourself? Uh, we're having a little bit of trouble here. Did, could you hear the radio show when you're on hold? Sometimes I could and sometimes I couldn't. Okay. If something's cutting in and out and we don't know what it is, but anyway, we're carrying on like uh, like nothing's wrong. <laughs> the, the show must go on. Well, that's on. the best thing you could do. <laughs> yep. Yep. We got Greg and Ronnie here. and uh, yeah, Matt one, says he thinks we're streaming, so... One guy on the scene and one guy behind the scenes uh, trying to fix it. So anyway, and I just told Ronnie, let's not tell Deb we're having trouble. So anyway, <laughs> right now it's content. So uh, that's right. Anyway, I, I you know I didn't lead the show with it, but I I got to it and we did about the last five minutes or so of the pre of the pre the the opening of the show and um it, you know as far as I'm concerned one of the biggest stories if not the biggest for me. Last weekend, because of our closer relationship with Mike Hill, was the uh, the Wheeling Action Express team winning uh, the IMSA championship. I, that was did, I don't. Did you get to see any of that race? Because it was terrific. Oh yeah, I watched it as soon as the uh, NASCAR races went off, and watched it to the conclusion. And you know, I was very interested in it because of Action Express being in contention for the series championship. And then also because of the um, Meyer Shank racing team, that being their last hamster race, and with Elio Castroneves being involved with them, you know, I always am interested in, in that. Having worked at Penske when Elio was driving IndyCar there, I'm always interested in any team that, that Elio Castroneves is driving on. Yeah, Penske started out kind of tough with, uh, right off the bat, he uh, uh, lost one of his cars. You know, very quickly, and um, the other one I think uh, did fairly well. The actually Action Express people to Ronnie didn't. Um, they finished sixth, but it was enough to clinch the championship and a, a very exciting finish when uh, Ricky Taylor tried to pass. It was Ricky. Ta- it was a Wayne Taylor car. I'm, I don't have written down here who the driver was, but I've got it someplace. But anyway, it was exciting. They had to figure out if uh, if there was anything. Uh, uh, you know, unsportsmanlike, or, or if, in other words, did he wreck him when uh, the Taylor car tried to pass and they decided that he didn't? And uh, I'm just real happy for all those guys up there with the Action Express. So uh, I'm, uh, we pull for them. We talk about them every week. So what can I say? It's sort of the house car here. Well, that's good. That's good, you know. And I don't think a lot of people realize that uh, Gary Nelson. Uh, works there as well as as Mike Hill, and that Jim France is involved with that yep. team, and that it's located in Denver, North Carolina. So, you know, it's um, it's always good to I always enjoy seeing them do well. And when I was writing for the Charlotte Observer, I always was covering them closely and watching everything they did. So, I was glad to see them come away so successful. And you know, Road Atlanta, there were you were talking about that wreck there where um, they were looking to see if the, the if it was just a racing incident. They seemed to have, there were some other nasty incidents there during the race. There sure and, were. And, um, you know, that one was the, the car that caught fire right there at the end, 
but um, it seems like I guess it's because Road Atlanta is such a high-speed course. But the one time that I covered an event there, it uh, I never will forget how one of the cars flipped down the front stretch. It came out of the final turn as it comes down the stretch there in front of the pit area. And I don't know if he just got slightly off course and overcorrected or what, but he came flipping down in, in front of the um, pit area in the front stretch. So it seems like with that course being the design it is and the speed that they carry there, that it can contribute or be the result of some nasty crashes there a lot of times. Yeah, and uh, I was just looking over my notes here, and I do have a, the story of that race, and it was, uh, I, I just, I, I guess it's my age or something, but it was Felipe Albuquerque who uh, had to crash uh, trying to pass Durrani there at the end, who was driving for Wayne Taylor. But, yeah, I, I've been going there. I haven't been since 1975, I don't think, but I, there was a period there when the Can-Ams and the Formula 5000s raced and some of the greatest names in the world, like, Jackie Stewart and Jim Hall and just everybody seemed like we're in, involved in those series. George Fulmer, Mark Donahue, and I saw Dennis Holm uh, come right after that, uh, right at the head of the what I guess you'd call it the back stretch. To me, it's, that's what I call it. I don't know what turn they came out of, but there's a little rise there, and I'm standing there with my brother. And um, Dennis Holm came over there in the McLaren, and the air caught the front of that car, and it did a backflip. And it was like the mm. most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. I've seen the cars do that at Le, at Le Mans, but but never at Road Atlanta. So, uh, yep, I love Road Atlanta. And congratulations, we got Mike Hill on at eleven twenty to talk uh, after our guest Lake Speed. Do you know Lake by any chance, Deb? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Lake and and uh, his family and I used to be close friends when he was racing and when we were on the Kyle Petty charity ride together in fact the year that i went on the kyle petty charity ride i rode with lake one day on the back of his bike and we don't live that far from each other well he's still pretty active from what i see and you know all the years that we well the six years we've been doing this show and the fact that he drove for bud moore late in his career i'm i can't believe we never had him on before today so uh that's um something i'm looking forward to so let's talk yeah, the about... last time. Well, let me just say real no, quick. The last time I saw the last time I saw Lake and Risa was before the pandemic, and we were both at K and W cafeteria here in Concord. And uh, then his uh, oldest son, Lake Speed Junior, uh, actually did a uh, deal at the NHRA event at Bristol this year, and uh, it was where they have the. Uh, a Q&A with the crowd and they're explaining things different technical things about the cars and all and his his son was the one that was doing the explanation and all at the NHRA event wow okay well we'll see if we can talk to to uh, Lake about all of that and I'll, I'm even going to bring up your name but let's uh, let's get to some uh, stock car racing and they um uh, had a first-time winner last week in the uh, Xfinity series, series with Riley Herbst, who's been uh, dipping his toe in the water a little bit with Cup in, at, at Talladega, and I thought he did very well. But, uh, yeah, Riley Herbst was, was the winner at uh, Las Vegas last week in Xfinity. Yeah, I was very happy to see that for Riley, and I think it really caught everyone off guard 
that he won by such a large margin. And, uh, you know, it was good to, to see him do that and be excited as he was. And, you know, Riley's had a tough year, so it was, glad, it was good to see him come around and grab that victory there at Las Vegas. Yeah, and uh, I think that he's uh, got a pretty good future ahead of him. I, like, a, you know, Talladega, I don't think, is the most difficult truck track to drive on the circuit. However, you got to take uh, you got to take your chances there, and it's, it's hopefully somebody will come with you when you you make a move. And they're not going to do that with with Riley Herbst because they just don't know him yet. And um, I thought he had a pretty good. Um, uh, a pretty good outcome there. So the points in uh, court. Well, wait a minute, I'm I'm confused here. You keep talking Talladega, but the race was at Las Vegas. No, I know, but I'm talking about when uh, Riley got his chance in Cup a couple of weeks ago at Talladega. Oh, oh, okay, okay. He did, I'm, I'm with him. He did very well. I'm sorry. I'm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we're on the air. So <laughs> no, I think. Yeah, we, you're on the air. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's what I wanted to know. Uh, I was, last thing I was going to say about Xfinity, or one of the last things, was uh, our, our, our guy here, Jeremy Clements, that we pull for so hard, uh, is just still mired in just a horrible year. He um, had another bad race. He got caught up in a blown engine, which you don't see too many blown engines anymore. I mean, these engines are seem like they're practically bulletproof, but he was behind <laughs> one when it uh, when it went off when it blew up and. Put him in the wall with about five other guys, and he was able to continue on. But it was a tough, uh, tough year continuing for for uh, for him. So it's looking like to me, uh, John Hunter Nemechek is uh, look, looks like he's setting himself up pretty well for the championship with uh, only three races to go down at home starting uh, today at Homestead. Well, you know, we'll have to see how Homestead. Homestead's going to be interesting today because today is the cutoff race for the truck series. Right. So when the truck race ends today, we'll know who the championship four are for the truck series. And then we'll know that for Xfinity and Cup after Martinsville next weekend. So it's, um, you know, John Hunter Nemechek, you got to look at him as the favorite yep. in the Xfinity series, just like people are looking at. William Byron is the favorite in the Cup Series. So, you know, if those two don't progress and do well at Phoenix, it's going to surprise everyone. Well, before we talk about the Cup race, let's uh, let's get our picks in. And I tell you what, Deb, you're uh, you're making it hard on us every week with uh, with your picks. Uh, the, our point standings between us: uh, Deb's got 54, I've got 46, Ronnie and Lanny are tied with 43. Each and Greg has eighteen. So, uh, uh, Ronnie, why don't you go first? You uh, you need to have a choice of every, everybody to choose from to try to well, catch up. We only got three races left to catch her. I know, and and I'm gonna go with my tried and true Truex. He thought it was a good shot. All right, you got Truex. Uh, who you got, Greg? Uh, let's go with uh. I'm going to stick with Byron. All right. You know, Deb gave me that pick last week. William Byron. Um, Deb, you go ahead. You're, you're leading the way, so go ahead and pick one. Well, since Greg took my pick for this week, I'll go back and stay with the five. Well, he took your pick last week and you won, so I, was, I wish Greg would go ahead and uh, <laughs> and uh, 
pick the right one, but anyway, I'll I'll <laughs> stick with uh, I'll stick with Chase, I guess. And Lanny, you can text me yours in. Who just uh, texted me and said the stream's working? So, I uh, I hope that's uh, <coughs> I hope that's uh, the truth. Okay, I'm sure Lanny wouldn't lead me lead me astray. So the Cup Series, uh, yeah, Larson was the winner last week. Uh, Christopher Bell looked like he might have a chance to run him down, but couldn't quite get close enough to him. And uh, Kyle Larson was the winner and has punched his ticket to the final round. Deb? Well, I find what I find interesting this week is how much criticism Christopher Bell has received for not uh, putting a bumper to Larson and moving him or wrecking him. And uh, in a Zoom conference the other day, Christopher Bell said that he would never intentionally wreck a person to win a race. He said that, uh, I thought it was interesting, he said he doesn't watch many movies, uh, but he said the way people are second-guessing him regarding how he handled that last lap and how he handled uh, Kyle Larson coming to the checkered flag it reminds him of the criticism that uh, Sullenberg received in the movie Sully oh. for landing the flight on the Hudson River. And uh, he said, but I will never intentionally, he said, I will never deliberately wreck someone to win a race. He said, I won't do it. And, you know, in, one, in, uh, in the interview after the race when they talked to Kyle Larson, he commented on the fact of what a, a, a clean racer Christopher Bell was, and that he had no problem with him, I mean, you know, ever, uh, the way I understood him to say it. So uh, I've liked Christopher Bell, and I've liked him uh, ever since he came along. I did, He's very versatile. He's a really good dirt track driver, too. So, uh, you know. Yeah. I actually had a story. My second-day lead on Monday to the race, Kyle Larson went into detail about he and Christopher Bell and how long they've raced against each other on the dirt tracks coming up during their career. <clears throat> Excuse me, so that was my, my follow-up or second-day lead story that I had on Monday was how long they have been racing against each other and how well they know each other. Yeah, and Christopher Bell, uh, you know, he's a he's well-spoken. He's a nice-looking guy. and uh, I, I just... That doesn't have anything to do with talent, Terry. <laughs> I know that, Deb. Good Lord, let me just make a comment on the guy. I mean, he's a he's, well, a, he's an outstanding uh, uh, representative. Is what what I'm saying. He just he he presents, oh, okay. there he you presents go. himself good. very very well. I, hell, if, if if looks had anything to do with it, I I wouldn't even get out of the bed every day. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, you're going to be up in Martinsville much. next week, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I'll be at Martinsville. And what uh, what do we expect up there? I mean, it's usually uh, uh, a good place to settle grudges. I don't know if we have any going on right now, any big ones, unless something uh, slips in my mind, which is very possible. But uh, oh, it should be beautiful up there with the probably cooler weather and the leaves and everything. It's just a it's a great setting. Well, I just hope we have good weather. You know, I hope we have a beautiful weekend next weekend at Martinsville like we have this weekend, and it will be delightful. It will definitely be tense, and I think a lot of it will determine how close the points are when we come out of Homestead this weekend because, you know, right now with 
Christopher Bell being two points below the cutoff and Martin Truex Jr. being two points above the cutoff, you know, not there's really a lot of um, there's not much leeway there where people can afford to make mistakes. It's um, and that's one thing that I was uh, just looking at the pit notes from Ryan Blaney's press conference this morning at Homestead, and he said that, you know, that's what makes the round of eight so tough is that everyone you're racing is pretty much going to finish in the top ten. So you just can't gain those points. And, you know, going in, I mean, Byron's just nine above the cut line going into Homestead today, and then you've got Truex and Hamlin at two above, and then Christopher Bell two below, uh, Reddick 16 below, Blaney 17 below, and Chris Busher 23 below. So, you know, one can afford to make a mistake, and I expect all of them to be running fairly close to one another. Yeah. I went to uh, Homestead many times. In fact, I was down there when they built it, and it's gone through uh, one, two, about three different configurations, and I'll, I like this one the best. So uh, it's a fast track, and uh, it's a tough track to drive, too. Y'all never ran down there, though. That was a shame, because, Greg, I was, I was hoping to – to be able to connect with you a little bit. And, Deb, I, I imagine you were down at Homestead when I was there. We just, uh, I was uh, <laughs> I was in security. Actually, uh, I worked for the Florida Department of State, and we regulated security guards. So I, I used to get into all the races. I used to get in everything free down there. And we might have walked right past each other, not even known it back in those days. I was there until I'm uh, sure we did. I'm sure we did because um, I wasn't down there that often, um, but I was down there when Ralph Sanchez was still running it before NASCAR or then ISD uh, became involved in it. But uh, the thing that I liked was all the different. Uh, <laughs> you could I liked being able to get a latte there <laughs> at the concession stand when Ralph Sanchez had it. Yeah, that's that it. was that blew my mind, and and then what was really cool was outside the track on the front stretch, where they had all the locals fixing the the local food. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Um, there was a, a dish or a it was like a corn with a, a corn tortilla with cheese in between it. They they put on a griddle there. And I've never been able to find it since, but that was really, really good. Yeah, that's Cuban food, and they had a lot of it. My favorite was paella with the yellow rice and uh, all kinds of seafood thrown in there. Man, I, oh, I'm getting hungry. we got another hour and a half before we can eat, Greg. A <laughs> couple of other things to touch on here, Deb. Uh, I don't know of any real earth-shattering news we had other than uh, uh, they shortened uh, – Chicago street races for next year, and um, it looks like Matt Kenseth may have some connection with Legacy uh, Motor Club pretty soon. Well, it's not pretty soon. It's now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they, it was announced um, It was either last week or a week and a half ago where the Matt is now a competition consultant to Legacy Motor Club. You know, and uh, I don't know if a lot of people know it or not, but 
Jimmy Johnson and his family are living in England. I think we may have discussed that. We did. And um, so it's interesting to see how the people at Legacy Motor Club seem to be a compilation of people that have been with Toyota before. Like you've got Cal Wells, who worked for Michael Walter Brayson after he shut his team down now over at Legacy Motor Club, and um, it's going to be interesting to see how this transition goes. And, you know, if people remember, the last team that Matt Kenseth drove for was Joe Gibbs Racing, so it uh, it's interesting to see how they're bringing the people in over there and kind of restructuring that team. But, yeah. you know, there's still also some unknowns that we don't know. I mean, we still don't know what's going to happen with the 10 team next year well Almarola uh, has to I guess decide if he wants to race again I would I would think that if he said he was going to keep going they would keep the team out so you're saying if, if Almarola was decide to retire or whatever that they might just not fill the seat no no, no. I'm the rumors are now that Noah Gregson might go in the 10 car oh my gosh okay I was hoping I was done with him but anyway um, so, I, well, I don't know. That's rumors, and you know how rumors are. Yeah. One other um, thing I want to mention real quickly was, uh, and I'm not familiar with this guy. In fact, I forgot all about this team, but Ron Devine, who owned uh, BK Racing, uh, in a little bit of trouble about payroll taxes and with the, the federal government and got, in, uh, the, got indicted this past Wednesday, and he's, uh, I guess, uh, that was the number 23 car, uh, Joey Gaze maybe or something like that. Uh, I can't remember who the driver was, but um, the, are you familiar with uh, Ron Devine? Did, I, I assume you probably knew him pretty well. Uh, no, actually, he was a team owner during that time when I had stepped away to take care of my parents when they were uh. having their health issues. And so that was he was a team owner during that time when my dad was, battling prostate cancer and then I became my mom's primary caregiver for a little over three years after daddy died and I stepped away from the sport uh, for a while there so he was a team owner during that time when I really wasn't covering the sport okay. so I did not know him. I think they sold their uh, assets to Front Row didn't they? The charter. They the sold charter. the charter to Front Row. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah they had a charter and they sold the charter to Front Row so uh, but yeah, he didn't pay the um, uh, what is it? Payroll the, um, taxes and uh, payroll taxes. Yeah, mm-hmm. had a case like that and, with Wells Fargo this week on a guy that did the same thing. So, but it wasn't him. Well, Deb, we're going to let you oh, go so I could get in a commercial or two here before uh, before the top of the hour, and uh, I will be in touch with you this week because you know we're going to do a Sunday show next week. Because of uh, oh, that's right. The, I forgot about that. The, the mm-hmm. Carolina football uh, pre-race pre-game show is going to preempt us, so we'll just move the show to Saturday. I mean, to Sunday. I'll get it out in a minute, rather than do, rather than do a half hour or an hour show or something. So we'll be in touch about that. But Deb, we love you and thank you so much for coming on, and we'll talk to you next Sunday. I hope. Yeah, it sounds good. And please tell Michael I said hello. Congratulations. Very proud of them and. Tell Lake Speed that I miss seeing him and Risa, and I hope to see him again soon. I sure will. Thank you, Deb. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you.
Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Who is she, Ronnie? She's the smartest woman I know. All right, we're a little behind, but let's take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And uh, we're struggling through this thing here. We have just a few minutes to go before we will uh, hit the top of the hour breaks. And we will try to get things straightened out for the second half of the show when we've got two telephone guests. And uh, with uh, 
Lake Speed and Mike Hill. Let's do uh, Xfinity first, actually, because we've already talked about it a little bit and get it out of the way. But they ran the uh, uh, ALSCO Uniforms 302 last week in um, Las Vegas. The winner was Riley Herbst, as we talked about with Deb. It was his first Xfinity victory. So he's been trying for quite a while. And we're glad he finally got a win in that because he deserved it and he's earned it. He's paid his dues. Second was John Nemechek, third Cole Custer, fourth Chandler Smith, fifth Red Hot Sam Mayer, sixth Justin Allgaier, seventh Austin Hill, eighth Brandon Jones, ninth Daniel Hemrick, and tenth Lane Riggs, who I'm not familiar with at all. As I said earlier, Jeremy was at the wrong place at the wrong time. He qualified pretty well, 16th, but fell back, uh, unfortunately, and he fell back behind the car number 25, I'm sorry, 26 of uh, Kaz Gralla, who we had on the radio in um, Darlington. And Kaz blew an engine. You just don't see blown engines anymore, do you, Greg? No, you really don't, Perry. You know, the technology's come to far with metal argues <laughs> different things. That, you know, it went to the one motor rule to save the car all its money. But also, it's got to where we change this too many, too many doggone engines. So yeah. They went to one engine, and then they got to build it durable. But they want to make it fast. Well, we were surprised watching it on television. I was, and Jeremy Clements was equally as surprised because it was the car right in front of him. And uh, it, got, it just dumped a lot of oil and stuff coming out of the engine, and he and about five other guys hit the wall. Fortunately, Jeremy, well, fortunately he wasn't hurt and it wasn't any worse, but he was able to continue. The car was pretty beat up, though, and uh, he uh, best he could do was finish seven laps behind in 30th place, so. Can't go on at all too good. No. Keeps getting worse for Jeremy, though. The uh, point standings for Xfinity, John Hunter, Nema- John Hunter Nemechek is first. Justin Allgaier is second. Uh, John Hunter's got seven wins. Allgaier three. And he has um, a 26-point lead over Allgaier. Third is Austin Hill with four wins. Fourth, Cole Custer with two wins. The four on the bubble, Chandler Smith. Sam Mayer, 7th Sammy Smith, and 8th Sheldon Creed. So those are the only ones we'll uh, uh, dwell on since they're in the chase. We'll go down to 19th and say that Jeremy's 82 points out of 18th. So it's going to take a miracle for him to even move up a spot in the point standings. The lineup for today's race is um, has Cole Custer on the pole. He blistered it yesterday. And took it from uh, John Hunter Nemechek as uh, Cole was the last car on the track. Qualifying uh, in the second row was Allgaier and Hill. Third row, Sammy Smith and Brett Moffitt. Fourth row, Riley Herbst and Josh Berry. And fifth row, Sheldon Creed and Parker Klingerman. Excuse me, you have to go back to outside of the 11th row to find Jeremy Clements with the Fly and Form Construction Chevrolet and let me make a comment about that car. It's a throwback to Kyle Petty when he drove for the Wood Brothers and the Sitco paint job. Only this is flying form. And to make the 51, to make the 5, they just took a 2 and flipped it over. So it's a goofy-looking 5, but the car does uh, somewhat resemble the Wood Brothers car that Kyle Busch and a lot of other people drove that Sitco car. Yeah, so, uh, I noticed that. that. That was really neat, yeah, uh, the, way, so, uh, the way they done that. I, I think it's interesting and, and, and neat is a good way to put it that uh, 
Jeremy seems to, to get a kick out of uh, his team seems to get a kick out of honoring these other teams and other drivers, and I really like that. I do too. Um, maybe we get some Bud Moore paint scheme. While I'm on the subject of Jeremy, Wednesday at four o'clock at uh, Rockers, they're having the get off party or whatever you want to call it for Jeremy to go up to uh, Martinsville with the Halloween paint scheme, which is out there on the internet if you want to look it up. But he will be there with, I think, a bunch of his crew were coming down from uh, Charlotte, the last I heard. And that will be from 4 to 7 at Rockers on Wednesday afternoon. So um, he's on the radio every Wednesday anyway from Rockers. But this time he's bringing his car and a whole bunch of pals. So uh, That's going to be fun. Yeah, Greg and I are going. And uh, maybe a few other. Well, a lot of people will be going. I'm trying to get my daughter Hannah to go. Ronnie, you going to be there with uh, Daredevil? I think we're planning on it. All right, buddy. Hope to see you there. Uh, let's look at Cup real quick. Uh, they ran, oh, let me, I do this every week. Let me back up. The uh, Xfinity race is the Contender Boats 250, and that's at 3 p.m. today on the USA Network. So you got college football, Gamecocks are at 3.30, the Xfinity race at 3. So uh, Clemson at 8 or 7 or something tonight. <laughs> tonight, got my rev lever and it kicked in. Yeah, and so uh, there's a lot, a lot to watch on television today. You know, Cusser always runs good, don't he, Perry? Who's that? Cole Cusser. He smoked them pretty good in that qualifying. Yeah, I'm barely going to make it to this break. Uh, yeah, you know, he drove the the car. He was driving for uh, in cup for Stuart Haas, and they sort of demoted him and put Ryan uh, Priest back up there. So they sort of flip flopped. Uh, flip-flop jobs okay a few minutes we got left here the cup uh, race last week was a south point 400 won by carla larson as we mentioned christopher bell uh i can't believe he's getting heat for not putting a fender to kyle larson because if he had he'd be getting heat from that for that so uh kyle larson uh, won the race and christopher bell did the right thing by not taking him out Kyle Busch was third. Fourth was uh, Brad Keselowski. Fifth, Ross Chastain. Sixth, Ryan Blaney. Seventh, William Byron. Eighth, Tyler Reddick. Ninth, Mark, uh, Martin Truex. And tenth is Denny, was Denny Hamlin. The points in Cup uh, as right now the uh, leaders. Kyle Larson is first with four wins. William Byron is second with six wins and seven points out of the lead. Third is Martin Truex, and he's 14 points out of the lead. And fourth is Denny Hamlin, who's also 14 points out of the lead. So they're tied, and they're also teammates. So if the points uh, playoff started today, you'd have two Hendrick cars and two uh, Gibbs cars. The next, uh, the next four on the bubble, Christopher Bell is fifth. Sixth is Tyler Reddick. Seventh, Ryan Blaney. And eighth, Chris Boucher. They will run tomorrow. At uh, Homestead, excuse me again, and the Forever 400 presented by Mobile One, and that will be at 2.30 p.m. on NBC, right in the midst of all the uh, pro football. So uh, racing's winding down, boys, and we've only got a, a very short time to get done what they need to do, and... Uh, we're uh, going to be on Sunday next week. 
Yeah, so, that's going to be a change for us, but you know, rather do the do the long show than a a, a, a short version of it Saturday. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, Sunday Sunday we, we that works good. Yeah, that works. Good. There's some things I like about it. I don't think I want to do it every week, but no. we will be able to uh, discuss the Xfinity race, which will be Saturday, and hopefully, uh, well. Hopefully have good news about Jeremy. Well, maybe he'll be on if he wins. Who knows? We already we'll said we wouldn't have him again. Why aren't they going to debut like a Halloween paint job or something? Yeah, that's what I just told you about. Yeah. I showed you the picture of it. But let's take a break right now and come back at the top of the hour. If everything's working and talk to Lake Speed, you're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg.
and welcome back to Start Your Engines. And it gave, gives me a great deal of pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time, Lake Speed. Good morning, Lake. Good morning. How you doing? I'm uh, doing good. We're on the right side of the grass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think I've ever heard it put that way. That's good. I like that. Well, how come you never came on before? Greg, y'all haven't been feuding or anything, have you? He usually gets us a guest, and uh, you're a good one. I can't believe it took us six years to get you. Oh, yeah. You may you may regret it. You know, you, know, <laughs> you may have better memories than I do. No. I Everything's good, though. That's great, and uh, we've been bragging on you all morning here off and on, and uh, in oh. fact, the segment right before yours was, uh, we have Deb Williams on every week, and she sends her best. She's talking about you know. riding motorcycles with you and all sorts of stuff. Oh, yeah. Deb's is quite a, quite a gal. I, I really enjoyed her relationship. Uh, she was always a big supporter and encourager. She's great at encouraging people. I found it very interesting reading your biography. Now, I knew a lot about you. I tell you, the first time I ever heard about you, and um, I'm 71 years old, so I've been around a while, but it was an ARCA race at Daytona when they used to carry him on the radio here in Spartanburg. And then uh, I think the first time I ever saw you race, you had, uh, I thought it was beautiful, that orange and green car. It was yeah. uh, Monte Carlo number 66. That was a that was a gorgeous car. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, we... Uh... It was the colors of my go-kart shop. You know, we, the kart shop business, we use those same colors in it. So I, when I came to the cup thing, we just transferred that same kind of color scheme. Yeah, and I remember the back of it said uh, 1978 World Karting Champion, which is, I mean, that's a, that's enough right there. That's enough resume for a lot of people. But uh, you were big in karting. You won the national championship about six times, didn't you? Actually, wound up being eight times when it was all over with. Wow. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, sir. And you know the funny thing, I, I think a lot of people, when they think of go-karts, they think about carts that everybody sees, whatever. But uh, five of my national championships were in twin-engine cars. Holy cow. With two engines on them. And uh, actually, I, I won, won that championship five years in a row, you know, uh, national champion every year for five years with the twin engine cars. Now, is there a, like a, a, a national, I guess there's a national circuit, or, or is it just like regional things and they, they take the cumulative points? Or how does that work? Is no, there a, a, back, back in the day, back then, you had a national championship. Everybody came from all over the country and spent a week, and sometimes some of the people had come the week before. Uh, just practicing and getting ready, but uh, it was one big event. Uh, had qualifications and you know elimination races and everything to get down to the fastest thirty, and then then ran those guys. So uh, no, it was an actual race, a race for the national championship. Wow! Now you, um, how many, uh, uh, how many races did you say it was a year? About thirty or so. Oh, you could race. In karting, you could race as much as you wanted to. There were some people, I was always very envious of people in the Midwest and California because they raced weekly, you know, and some of them raced more than once a week. And here I was down in Mississippi, and we didn't even have a racetrack. (laughs) 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 So the only only events I got to go to really was most of the time was major events. We did some regional racing in Memphis, Tennessee, and 
there's a track up in North Alabama they'd have some just kind of regional stuff that we'd go to every once in a while but really all in all I did not get to run that many kart races compared to the most of the people that I was competing against now internationally though did you have I mean this is kind of a dumb question but I'm, I'm you're educating me here it was uh you go from country to country, like sort sort of like Formula One, or how did the World Championship? Oh, the World Championships is FIA, same organization that oversees the, the you know Formula One stuff too. No, they have one event a year, and people from all over the world came for that. And I mean, it was like the first year we went. I think there was over a hundred entries in, from twenty seven countries that year. Uh, and again. I, one of those things, we went over there the first year, taking our American stuff, and went over there and couldn't even make the main event. Uh. And uh, there was a guy that was born in the uh, United States but lived in Italy and drove for one of the Italian teams. Uh, his dad felt sorry for us <laughs> and said, look, you know, we need to loan you a chassis and some stuff and uh, see if we can't help you guys get going a little bit here. And... Uh, we did. We picked up a lot, but we still were like 32nd, if I remember right. So we didn't make the main main event there. But the, that's kind of set us on a project for, okay, if we're going to go to Europe and race these guys, we're going to have to get their equipment and, yeah. and run during the year uh, so we're ready when we come back. And uh, So that's, that's what we did there. Well, you'd think that... Uh... Uh, and, and I see it right here on your Wikipedia page, but I want to, you know, I want to get some more explanation from you. That uh, I mean, you would think after being the world karting champion and all the national championships, you would have gone open wheel, like maybe uh, uh, Formula One even, but you know, well, at, at least uh, IndyCar or something like that. There's a good story that goes behind that. Too. Well, we got time. You know, I actually there was at least six guys that I raced against in Europe over the six years that I went over there uh, that within 12 to 18 months were driving Formula One cars, racing them, not just driving them, but racing them. Yeah. And one of those guys showed up at the World Championships uh, a few years later, and uh, I was talking to him, and I said, Elio, what's it like driving a Formula One car? And he looked at me straight in the face and said, just a big go-kart, baby. <laughs> I went, huh, about that. That's amazing. So these guys, they're not supermen. You know, I can outrun them on the go-kart. I can, maybe I can do something with professional cars. So I started going to open-wheel events, doing the research, checking it all out. And the, big thing that I'd noticed at the time was most of those organizations were on life support. They were barely making it. They didn't know if they were going to have seasons the next year or not. Sponsorship and stuff was really tough. Well, out of nowhere, I mean, this is God doing miracles. Started out, I get a call from a guy that I'd never heard of, never spoke to before in my life. Called me and said, I understand you've been going to around some of these uh, open wheel events looking to try to get into that he said i followed you through the, the carding stuff and i knew that uh in 80 whatever it is 80 78 that year we had three world champions from the united states mario andretti won the formula one championship 
Roberts won the uh, motorcycle world championship, and Lake Speed won the karting world championship. He said, if you're serious about getting into professional racing in, in America, you better look at NASCAR. willing to come to an event and uh, just to go check it out. If somebody would uh, show you around, take you around and introduce you to people and show you the road. I said, yeah, I guess I would. Mm -hmm. No big deal. It turns out this guy was the editor, I think it was Car and Driver magazine or, or Motor Trend, one or two, I can't remember which. But the backstory on that is really the coolest part. He was originally from Jackson, Mississippi, and dated my sister in high school. Wow. So he he gets me hooked up with Humpy Wheeler. And next thing I know, I'm coming to Charlotte. Uh, back when the airport wasn't but a little old house, with, uh, <laughs> you had to go out and get on a ladder to get in that airplane. But uh, went there, and Daryl Derringer was a retired stock car driver, if you have any history on you, he was... Oh, yeah, drove for Bud Moore. Yeah, I didn't know that. He won the Southern 500 that. driving for Bud but Moore. But I know he, he did tire testing for, for the interliner. Yep. He was one of the guys that did that, too. And uh, So Darrell was a great guy. He had been retired out of racing for a few years. I think Darrell's in his uh, later 50s at the time. And uh, so they had him meet me at the airport, take me That weekend, uh, they were racing in Martinsville. So Darrell took me to Martinsville. And we went up there and he introduced me to everybody that he could think of and got to watch the race. And the, uh, what do you call it? The uh, media center. Uh, they were the press, press box, I guess. Uh -huh. And uh, so we got introduced to all those folks and you know, had a good view of the, of the race. And, what was going on. Uh, went down, after, I think before the race, he went down, went down and introduced me to Ricky Rudd. And I talked to Ricky just a little bit. I'd raced the go-kart against him one, one time. I can remember it. We were at an event where he was there. And, uh, he gave me a little spell about, you know, his way he got from carts to the stock car program. Okay. So I watched the race and, uh, I'm sitting up there and watching these guys running around Martinsville, and I told Daryl, I said, Daryl, I'm not sure about this. I said, it doesn't look like there's maybe a half, full, half a dozen guys out there that know how to drive. And he said, Blake, I think you'll find out that's a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, in the karting, uh, you just went and bought the best cart. You know, whoever manufactured the best cart, and all you had to do is put a motor on it and go drive the wheels off of it. And, you know, if you were a pretty good engine builder, you, you might get the advantage on the, and the engine part. But the carts were pretty much all the same. You know, there wasn't any shocks, sway bars. There wasn't any setup to them much. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, there are two a little snare pressures and uh, a few little odds and ends things to the cart, but nothing major, you know, so really, either you had a good cart or you didn't. So I had that mindset. I didn't know about all this adjustments on these cars and that, that some of them are death traps and some of them are really good cars and there's a lot of difference between the slow ones and the fast ones. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, after the race over, I said, look, all right, you're skeptical about this, but uh, how about we get you a test ride, get you somewhere you can drive one of these things and, and, and see. So, okay, yeah, all right, let's do that. So of all places to take me, they took me to Rockingham, hmm. and I think that was had to have been October. Yeah, so you know the weather's kind of like it is today. Yeah. and October at Rockingham, bear grease on Rockingham when it's cold. <laughs> and there's one car at the racetrack. I know now that that was not a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh, at the time, I had no idea anything about this stuff. So I go down there and uh, got on the car, went out and shook it down, comes in, and says, okay, there it is. I said, no, 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 hold on here. I've never been in one of these things. How about let me crawl in the side over there on the passenger side and go out there and you go out there and run a few laps with me in the car. I just like to get some clue of what it, what I'm getting into. Yeah. Uh, it looked at me like I was crazy, but I said, okay. And uh, so I went out there and ran around for a few laps. I said, all right, now let's go out there and go. So I went out there and ran around a little bit. And I had never been in anything where I couldn't see the tires. And I couldn't <laughs> see how wide it was. I'm sitting over here on one side of the car. And I said, Lord, there's this concrete wall out here. You know, all those road race tracks are just grass out there or something, you know. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have to worry about hitting an immovable object or guardrail and all that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, man, this is just kind of, I'm, I'm being pretty careful, you know. And I come in, they say, oh, man, you're doing great. You're doing great. I thought to myself, man, I hadn't even run hard at all yet. What are you talking about? Great. So I said, all right, we'll go back out this time. And I went out that time and tried to run hard. And I went off turn three and tore that car all to mm. I mean, I crashed big. And uh, I did you know, I'd never raced anything with a seatbelt, so I didn't <laughs> know anything about having them tight oh. or whatever. So after it's over, I got a tore-up race car. I got bruises all over my shoulder <laughs> with the seatbelt and everything. Well, backstory a little further back. One of the reasons that I was even going this route was uh, I had a a hard thing happen to me. My, my first wife decided she didn't want to be married to me anymore. And I've been there. Had told me and said earlier in that year that you know she was going to divorce me and that was going to be the end of it. So. That kind of hit me blindsided a little bit. I wasn't really expecting it by any means. And uh, it shook my world up pretty bad. And I almost didn't even go to the world championships the year I won it. I was 
I'd already called the factory and told them I wasn't coming. And my older brother talked me into going anyway. So when when all this happened to me, it was sort of like, God, like, what are you going to do with yourself? You know, you, you've, you've got a lot of stuff. You, you've won a lot of things. What's, what do you think this life's all about? And I thought to myself, you know, the winning race is good. All that stuff's good. I said, but you know, the part I enjoy the most is working on these things and trying to come up with a better mousetrap or having a challenge, you know, to do something that people say can't be done or whatever. So that was really part of the motivation for me deciding to go the NASCAR route was I thought, I know absolutely nothing about it. I have no support system. I don't have any just odds of me being successful at this are slim and none. But I'm always loving a challenge. And uh, I had been so successful in karting that when I went to the racetrack I was expected to win every race. Yeah, And what? that's a lot of pressure and it it became a, a drain on me. So I thought to myself when all this happened at Rockingham, I said, I think I have found what I'm looking for. Like, like we're running a little bit long here. I, I wanted okay. to touch on a couple of other things with you. Sure. Uh, and that, I mean, that's all great. <laughs> uh, all right, no problem. No, uh, you almost won Daytona one year. You finished second. And yeah. but you finally uh, and I remember that very well. I think that was your Jeff Bodine one. And then you, uh, but you got a big win. I'll never forget it. I, I mean, it might not have been an upset to you, but I, I kind of didn't expect it. But when you won Darlington in the spring back in '88, and I mean, oh, yeah. you you just didn't beat a, a bunch of nobodies. Uh, Alan Kowicki <laughs> was second. Davey Allison was third. Bill Elliott was fourth, and Sterling Marlin was fifth. That had to be a very big day for you. Oh, it was. It was like, golly, I, that year, I, I had the whole field a lap down at Richmond and somehow or another figured out a way to lose the race. Uh, you know, we'd run really fast a lot that year. Everywhere we went the first of the season, we were threatened to win. And uh, so to finally win the race, it was like a big relief. Yeah. I'd gotten fired from uh, Ray Mock and those guys the year before and uh, or two years before that and uh, it was it was just a big turnaround it was a big turnaround for me and uh, that was your own car wasn't it yeah 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 one other thing you, you, you can't pass up either it's the first time I went to Daytona I won the Arca race that's the one they, I heard. That's they the, took it away from me. They took it away, stole the thing from me, actually. Uh, you can't, if if you're leading the race and you take the white and yellow flag, you can't, if you can get back to the start-finish line, you won the race, right? right? Yep. Yeah, they already sent my crew to the victory circle, and when I got to the entrance to Pitt Road, I looked up and the flagman had a green flag in his hand a green flag and checkered flag in his other hand 
as drag race. Well, they knew that I had run over some trash. Well, there's trash all over the place. It looked like combat zone uh, and had a flat rear tire. So the only other guy that was in the lap, in the lead lap with me, wasn't but one other car in the lead lap with me. He obviously could out drag race me on four tires that had air in them versus me with three. Uh, and they gave him the win. So my introduction to NASCAR was really good and really bad. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it. Greg, we could, I mean, uh, Lake, we could talk to you a long time, but we've run out of time. It, it's, oh, all right. I'm sorry. Uh, it's great no having you on the show, but uh, we're not, we'll we'll get you back on soon so you can Get finish back, it. You got a lot of yeah. You got a lot of stories to tell. We appreciate oh, you coming man, on. Like good, like <laughs> real good. I tell you, he's a finesse driver and he runs fast right off the bat. I mean, no ifs ands buts about it. Just uh, he runs fast in our car. Yeah. We just didn't have a whole lot of luck, a lot of confusion and stuff that went on. And we didn't get a chance to talk too much about that. But, Blake, we got to let you go, and I really All appreciate right. you coming on. And uh, we'll talk to you again next year, I promise. Call me back any time. All right. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you. Yes, sir. Well, we're running way behind here. Let me, uh, let me try to take some breaks, and we'll be back and talk to Mike Hill. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg.
And welcome back to Start Your Engines. And on the phone we have, I hope, Mr. Mike Hill. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. How you doing? I'm doing good. A little cool up here this morning. Well, it's a little cool here because we're having all kinds of radio problems. And uh, But you're coming in loud and clear, thank goodness. And uh, congratulations. I tell you what, I couldn't be prouder. If I was a member of the Action Express uh, team myself, congratulations on winning the IMSA championship last Saturday. Well, thank you, sir. We couldn't have done it without you wearing our, our Action Express T-shirt from 2021. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 I wasn't there to get you another uh, champagne-soaked shirt, but I'm sure the guys probably got me one. I just hadn't got it yet. Well, I tell they you what, me, they sent me. Well, they called me from Victory Lane. That just that was really cool. That's yeah. probably the, the coolest thing. They called me from Victor Lane while they were celebrating and, and wanted me in on the celebration. So that was that was really, really nice of them to think about me. Well, of course, that was a, they think about you because, I mean, I, they, they're probably missing the heck out of you every day. I don't know who took your place, but uh, if anybody, somebody uh, have tough shoes to fill, but it's, uh, it's a championship-winning team. You know, and I was thinking about this, Mike. Tell me how far off I am. It costs a fortune to run that team. But as far as the teams go, I just get the impression that you guys are like a little one uh, as, as opposed to Penske with two or three cars and BMW and everything and, and some of the other teams. I just feel like your one-car team that keeps kicking their rear end is, uh, is sort of like uh, almost, I won't say an outlier, but you're, you're almost like an independent or something as far as uh, – uh, being a, a, a huge conglomerate team. Do you know what I'm trying to say? And does it make any sense? Well, yeah, well, I lived it. You know, we, we came in to the Cadillac Fold uh, as a teammate to the Ganassi, and I think that was just more or less GM making sure to hedge their bets here. Uh, they brought in the mighty Ganassi racing team, and it was always. I don't. You, you didn't get to listen to the. You didn't get to listen to the deal that I did. It was there at the end when we knew that if we could get in front of the Ganassi car, then we could win the championship. You know, the points was going to be there yeah. for us because it, there at the end we were just racing the BMW because, and that goes back to our buddy Philippe Albuquerque, who the ten car took out on the last lap. Yeah. Yeah, it's Daytona. It's like karma come back to, to get him. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, there at the end of the race, uh, Ganassi was in front of us, you know, and they were team players and all this. And, and my guys up on the box that was calling the race was was asking for Ganassi to, you know, just slide over and let us by so we could win the championship and the manufacturer's championship and everything else that they won down there. And, you know, Ganassi's reply back to them was, is we don't have radio communications with our driver. Uh, I mean, uh, that doesn't make any sense. You can't race with that. You can't do that. <laughs> I know. You know, it, yeah, you can't. That's that's a taboo there. If you can't tell your driver that there's a caution or a wreck somewhere, especially, you know, back in the days. But, yeah, it's, it was a one-way deal. We knew it. Uh, I don't know. It's always been it's, it's, it was always good to be the underdog and, and 
and come back and, and win. Maybe you know, that's we, the dog. I'm maybe the dog. Maybe that's the term I'm I'm trying to come up with. But if you keep winning, you can't be an underdog anymore. And you guys, uh, that's two out of three years in a row. And and others before I started really following it. I mean, you guys are just, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, uh, biggest budget or not, y'all are the y'all are leading the parade. No doubt about that. Well, I didn't know it. I didn't keep up with it. I just knew that uh, there for, I don't know, maybe six years in a row, I think we won the endurance championship, and that's where you you gather the most points for the long races, you know, the 24-hour race, the 12-hour race, the 6-hour race, and the 10-hour race. And, that, and that's they another thing. Races. Let me interrupt you. I didn't realize at all until you sent me that text Saturday afternoon showing that you had won the endurance uh uh, championship that it that there's a separate championship from uh, from the only one I knew you had. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of guys only come in and they only run those endurance races, you know, and they bring in their superstar drivers, you know, the Jensen Button Formula One drivers and all this, and so it was really good to win it again. That was always a nice trophy to to have. So yeah. We had so that made seven endurance championships and six uh, overall driver under championship so yeah well i didn't know it until one of my guys sent it to me that how in one of the comment sections under my facebook post i put up but yeah yeah it's been that's been a great great run i hated it you know it was, it was tough to leave them but my wife just sent me she's she's down at the beach now and she just found an old person out on the beach walking and 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 apparently that lady was telling my wife about stem cells, and they couldn't walk until they did the stem cell deal. So we're going to look into that. Maybe I can go back racing, huh? Well, yeah, heck start, yeah. Start a, start, a, start a new career at 70 years old. Well, I'm going to tell you something, and uh, I, I've probably said this in a roundabout way, but if if you're a race fan and you're not keeping up with this IMSA, and there's so many different classes of it, but I'm I'm – specifically referring to the the hypercar that was at gtp i mean the the top level it, it, for one thing it seems to me that that is maybe the most advanced race car in the world and number two the racing's fantastic i mean and you know like you only had like 10 cars in your class but you guys go at it and and how many cars and if you go to nascar how many cars are really in it anyway you know not 10 yeah. so uh i mean it it the racing if you i don't go to races and see crashes but you know they do spice things up a little bit and i mean road atlanta did not disappoint there were parts and pieces flying all over the place nobody really got hurt and it ended under the caution because a car caught on fire on the last lap so i mean it was uh it's spectacular it, 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 am i correct in saying and and i base this mostly on the fact that the hybrid part of it when you you know, when you leave the pits, the car's electric, and then when it gets up to speed, you know, it's, it's with the reciprocal engine. I mean, Formula One doesn't even do that, do they? I mean, I don't think they do. Uh, that's that's about as advanced as you can get. Am I, am I wrong? Uh, that's, you're right. There's no other series in, in the United States that I know of that's doing that. I think Formula One may have some type of an electrical assist, but... I, I'm not into Formula One. I don't think uh, they do because I watch it about every week, just not not religiously, but you know I got to know a little bit to talk about it. So we're we're basically what you saw in the movie 
the Ford versus Ferrari with these cars because this is a GM project and Cadillac being a GM and we're race we were racing the the Acura the, the Honda basically and then we we're racing the BMWs and then there's more of them coming in now I hear uh, I think Aston Martin's coming in it's going to be it's it's growing Myers Shank's leaving to concentrate on Indy I think I heard him say well we got his driver okay <laughs> we got Tom we got Tom Bloomquist oh you did <laughs> Uh, I didn't know. Probably that. after he probably after he announced that he was leaving because we don't go and steal drivers the way some other uh, big name team owners do. Penske. <laughs> yeah, 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 real uh, hush hush Penske. I whispered but, it. Yeah, we. It was good to win the championship for the guys that left all you know, left us thinking they were going to greener pasture, and now. Here's that little team they thought that they had beat down, come back again, and won it again. It's, you, you know, that's yeah, got to be really satisfying. I try not to do that, uh, but, you know, after a while, man, you just say, gosh, people, y'all are, <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yeah. I'm, uh, I I'm tell you good. one other thing I was kind of thinking about towards the end of that race when they were uh, – after the crash there with an hour to go between uh, Durrani and Albuquerque, the, um, they, were, they, they were saying that, you know, they're deliberating on whether there would be a penalty. It was a, a dirty, dirty driving, for lack of a better term, or whatever. And I'm sitting there with my son watching it, and I said, you know what? Uh, now, it, maybe I don't have it exactly right, but I think NASCAR kind of owns IMSA, don't they? And, yes, they do. And, and yeah. Jim France owns the – action uh express car or he's got a lot to do with it he and mike and uh uh nascar i guess you could say so i mean i'm saying imsa who's owned by nascar i don't think they're going to disqualify their own you know the car that's owned by the people that own the, the series i mean that that didn't make any sense so i, I sort of felt that well, you were safe here's there the deal, jim jim doesn't own the car anymore okay uh, this car this car is all General Motors, it's all Cadillac now. Okay, uh, and I think you told yeah, me whenever that. Yeah, we, whenever we started the GTP program, that was all Cadillac. We basically was working for the manufacturer. And then, uh, but you know, Jim, Jim, great guy, great racer, has always been the road race guy. His brother was always the NASCAR Cup guy, and Jim was the guy who who uh, wanted to make sure that his top car, his top level sports cars had enough cars in it, even if he had to put his own cars in yeah. to make sure that, you know, he had enough cars there. And I would say that we got scrutinized more, and that was one of the things they told me when I went there, you know, because working for Junior Johnson, you know, I had a little bit of reputation for, Working the gray areas of the rule book, there. Uh, the no. first thing they told me, yeah, the first, the first <laughs> thing they told me when I walked in the door, because of our owner, we cannot do that. You know, it would be the biggest forbidden sin ever if, if we got caught doing something that was illegal. So really, we stayed about a foot on the on the safe side all the time. Uh, and, and me stand me standing there saying, you know how easy it would be to beat these guys if you would let me do this to this fuel cell, or, <laughs> or 
if you would let me do this to these tires or if you'd let me do this to this, you know, and, and they said, nope, 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 we can't do that. We're not going to do that. So, yeah, we was probably the most legal car there to get the most scrutinized, and you've seen us get put in the doggone penalty box, what was it, two years ago? Yeah. There we got put in. I was still there with it. It rode Atlanta, and they put us in the penalty box, and we never even touched our car. <laughs> and they said it was it was unsafe driving or something on our part. But I'm thinking, no, no, no. But anyway, no, we didn't get. There was no special favors coming to to us back in the day. I think the word went out. Look, y'all, y'all bear down on them if they need bearing down on. Well, Mike, we got to let you go, uh, and I want to have you back on maybe again before the end of the year. We got three shows left, and uh, you've always got plenty to add. And um, want you to be a permanent one, one quick, part of one, it. Yeah, one quick one. When Lake brought up taking the white flag and the and the caution flag at the same time, brought up memories of Nashville that time. Whenever they gave the wins to, to Neil Bonnet, which was our teammate at Juniors, and I'm standing there looking at the Harold Kinder waving the. He was waving the caution flag and the white flag at the same time. And apparently the box, the, they didn't see it. And I did. And they gave the win that night. They gave it to Neil. But, you know, the next day there was a fan that just so happened had a 18 or 16 mil, eight one cameras back in the day, uh-huh. had video of the flag stand. When Neil going or Daryl going under it, taking the checkered flag and the white flag at the same time, that's why they rescinded the victory mm. for Neil and gave the trophy to us. But, you know, we was all going home that night. We was all mad. Junior gathered us all up, and he told us, he said, boys, we, we know y'all won the race. So, yeah. Got to let you go, Mike. Thank all you. All right, guys. Thank you, buddy. Thank Thanks you so much. Mike. All right. We'll be talking Thanks. to you later. All right, buddy. All right, bye. That's Mike Hill. I tell you what, he's a lot, a, of, lot he, of knowledge in that man. He gets going. It's hard to shut him up, and I don't mean to say shut him up, but to stop him because I I, I want to hear him. Yeah. But a couple of weeks ago, we went so long, we went straight from him to the closing of the show, <laughs> yep, and yep. I got to watch against that. Let's take another break here. Maybe it'll work. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg.
And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. I want to tell a story here. Story time. Good um, story, too. Well, wait till I tell it. You haven't heard it yet. <laughs> but it's a, the, the subject matter, I think, would be of interest for around here. Um, it's a story, a quick one, about the only person that I'm aware of. And my father told me there was a motorcycle driver one time, but I, I can't prove that. But the only time we ever... Uh, there was a fatality at the fairgrounds. I, I've got the story of it right here. And this happened, uh, and I'm telling it today because it was on October the 19th. Well, today's the 21st, so it's close as I could get to it. But uh, it was on October 19th, 1935, and the driver's name was Wheeler Braden, B-R-A-D-E-N. And this was a AAA race, and it was the last race of the AAA season on the East Coast where they um, had a separate champion from the West Coast. And this was like this until up into the, well, A quit sanctioning races in 55. But um, up until then, you'd have like an East Coast champion would be, uh, uh, I don't know, somebody uh, like uh, Gus Schrader or something, and the West Coast champion would be, uh, a, you know, a West Coaster, uh, Rex Mays or somebody like that. So anyway, this was the last race of the last race of the East Coast season, and it was at the Spartanburg Fair, and it was AAA sanctioned, and um, they had like several heat races and then a main event. Well, Wheeler had even already won one of the heat races, so he was starting up front in the main event, which was 30 laps, and um, on the uh, last lap of the race, next to last lap, I'm sorry, next lap, last lap of the race. Uh, Brayden, going into the first turn at the fairgrounds, ran into the back of the car uh, driven by Red Redmond, who was from Atlanta. Now, Wheeler's from Washington, D.C. Father was a very prominent physician, physician doctor <laughs> up there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, it's not funny. So anyway, he ran into the back of uh, Redmond's car. They, they both crashed. Uh, they overturned. They both had to be literally cut out of the cars. And... Uh, Redmond actually was okay. They took them both to the hospital. Uh, Redmond stayed in the hospital several days, but uh, General Hospital here in Spartanburg. But um, Wheeler Braden suffered a fractured skull and internal injuries and died at 8.05 that evening in the Spartanburg General Hospital. They uh, got hold of his father. His parents weren't here uh, for the race because, you know, he was racing all over uh, every weekend. His father's a doctor. They couldn't exactly follow him, I guess. But his father came down. To, his father came down to claim the body, and uh, rode back with him on the train back to Washington D.C. And he is interred at the Cedar Hill Cemetery in Suitland, Maryland. And so that took place on October the 19th, 1935. It, there's a note here though, where if you Google this and you pull it up on a, a website called Motorsports Memorial. And that's all it is, is any motorsport, airplanes, motorcycles, boats. It's got several different ways that they cross-reference all the fatalities that they're aware of, and there's thousands of them, literally thousands, and uh, around the world, not just in, in the United States. But the, la the last thing that's got here is track notes, and I'm going to read it verbatim. It says, two years later, the Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds was built in another location in Spartanburg, and a half-mile dirt oval was laid out there as well. As the 
as the one, uh, as the old one, we saw its last race on October 17, 1936. This newer circuit was known as the Spartanburg Fairgrounds. I, I don't, I, I don't think there's a word of truth in that. I, 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 I'm not, I agree I'm, with you, Perry. I, I don't think, because my daddy loved racing, and he, that's what he got me into it. And he was a city policeman and all that stuff. I'm not aware of two fairgrounds tracks. I'm not either. There used to be one that Elmo Henderson and I, <coughs> Elmo Henderson and I used to try to find us up where UPS is now, sort of near Heron Circle. And he said he raced up there, and David Pearson and a lot of them raced there. Yeah, that, that, I think that was, uh, I think the name of it. But then, uh, Hub City Speedway is what I think it was called. Yeah. But I've heard people... Re- Close were, to Scenic Drive-In or something. Yeah, right in that area yeah. where the old Scenic Dan Drive-In and was. Went over there. And uh, the, uh, but I don't think that's the same thing. There, there's only one speedway at the fairgrounds, and that thing's been there since the 1890s or even before. Because I'd sit there in the first turn and watch the races, and other people would be across the way where the old horse barns were. Right. The horse barns were there for a long time off the second turn. So I really question uh, any of that stuff about it being another fairground speedway in Spartanburg. I don't know where they came up with that. I don't know. I think they're confusing things. And uh, anyway, I got a couple of things here I got to cover in five minutes. I hope you enjoyed that. That's a little local history. And, well, that's uh, a great story. Um, Wheeler Brayton. Good trivia question. It's running good in right there with one lap they, to go. Yep, next to the last lap. Okay, trucks. The trucks uh, will run, haven't run since Talladega. They will run um, next uh, today, as a matter of fact, at noon. They're going to run in a few minutes, as a matter of fact. And the uh, points leader there is Corey Heim, Carson Hosevar is second, Christian Eckes is third, and Nick Sanchez is fourth. They will, um, uh, well, let me go on here. Fifth is Grant Enfinger in the bottom four. Ben Rhodes is sixth. Ty Majeski seventh. And Zane Smith is eighth. After this race today, they're going to drop four of those guys and will finish up uh, and go to the last race at Phoenix with the final four. So uh, this is a big race for the trucks today, and they will eliminate and get down to their final four. They won't go to Martinsville. They'll go to uh, Phoenix. Um this is pretty wild. We've got another Formula One race in the United States Sunday, and it is the also the U.S. Grand Prix, and it is at COTA, the Circuit of the Americas in Austin, and it will be on at 1.30 p.m. on ABC. So you got the cup cars, uh, you got all that NFL football, and you got the U.S. Grand Prix, the second one. What's crazy is, after our show is over with, they're going to come back and do it at Las Vegas. United States has three Grand Prix races this year, and I actually believe it or not, they're talking about more. Um, but the points, it's no use going into it very much. Max Verstappen is way, way out front and has been all season. Sergio Perez is second. Kind of dirtied up the show a little bit. Yeah, Bill France wouldn't <laughs> like him. No. Uh, and Lewis Hamilton was third. So, uh yeah, they've got several races left, and I think about three of them will be run after our season is over. Uh, TV today, well, as I said, the Craftsman Truck Series will run their penultimate race on FS1. All the Truck Series races are on FS1, and that will be at noon today from Homestead. And then at 3.30 this afternoon on USA will be the Xfinity race from Homestead and for goodness sakes, let's hope Jeremy gets something. He's got three 
chances left. He needs some luck. He needs some good luck, and then we'll all go pat him on the back at Rockers on uh, Wednesday afternoon yeah. from 4 to 7. And everybody listening needs to come out. Yep. That's open to the public. Yep, I think they'll probably be giving away stuff. I don't know, uh, maybe giving away a beer or two here or there, and well, uh, yeah, I... maybe a chicken wing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out when we get there. Won't you we, just Jay? be prepared to talk. Yep. Well, well, I won't. They got another show going on. They don't need me, but they uh, they'll have Jeremy there and a lot of our friends and listeners of this show. I'm sure uh, the Delaney boys will be there with their wives and uh, uh, Jeremy's. Uh, maybe I think Luke is his nephew that races. He had his car there last time. Maybe he'll be there. So uh, come on out four o'clock to Rockers. The show starts at three, and uh, so you can get in and. Uh, Start uh, meeting and greeting and shaking hands with Jeremy Clements on Wednesday. On Sunday, tomorrow, Formula One, like I just said, is at 1.30 on ABC, and that's at Coda. It'll be a, uh, you know, it'll be a good race probably, but the championship has is, is long since been determined. The NASCAR boys will race uh, on NBC at Homestead at 2.30, pre-race show at 2 o'clock. And uh, they will be uh, narrowing theirs down. This will be there's four races to go as of right now, and then they've got uh, I'm sorry, three races to go. <coughs> Knew that was going to happen. Three races to go as of right now, with uh, Homestead t- tomorrow, Martinsville, and then Phoenix. And then looking way down the line, January 27th, the day before my birthday, 2024 is the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona. So, uh... And I know I know the wheeling cars and Mike, Mike stuff and everything's probably down there, too. Well, there'll be a international feel there from what I understand. Uh, there might be a good chance that Ferrari's coming and uh, coming back and BMW, I think, will be stronger. It's going to be... It's, it, it's just a whole new year. We'll address that later. Uh, We've got about 50 seconds here. Ronnie, it's been a crazy show, but appreciate you suffering through it and as many times as you had to get up and move so <laughs> matt could go in there and try to fix something i appreciate your perseverance oh we we do what we have to do that's, that's exactly right exactly right but i think i think perry's done a great job and you've done a great job it's been an ordeal before i missed this like maybe two weeks in a row lanny thank you for everything we do oh absolutely we're thinking about you uh couldn't do it without you. Lanny maintains the Budmore Engineering website, our website, and help have the podcast out there this week. Does a great job. This one should be a doozy if he can even get <laughs> something out there because it's been so disjointed and everything. But uh, I don't think the music's going to start. It did not start. Uh, so all I can tell you is uh, thank you for listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. We're, uh, Natalie, on the way. I hope, uh, I hope the kitchen didn't go out at applebee's that would <laughs> that would be just about a clean sweep so uh we appreciate everybody for listening i i don't think the the well we're gonna be on sunday next week right? we will be on sunday next week very good uh greg yep sunday next week because we'll be preempted by the gamecocks pregame show and uh normally i would have shut up by now but i can see the thing still uh, uh ticking down with 10 seconds to go on our closing, but I don't hear the closing. All I can hear is me. So I'm going to quit talking in five seconds and hope the network maybe kicks in. Thank you for listening. See you next week.